today, you're going to change. It could be for worse and that would be awful. It could be for better and that could be transcendently good. So let's make it for better. Let's get after it. Because for better or for worse, the opportunity of this day will never come again. Change starts today. And today we talk about the most important kind of change. This is from a book called Character, Strengths, and Virtues by Chris Peterson and Martin Seligman. It was kind of the original textbook around the character strengths that you and I are studying these days. And here's what they write. Greg Manning could see from the terrace of his apartment that the jet had struck near the offices of Cantor Fitzgerald, where his wife worked as a senior vice president partner. For the next half hour, he paced frantically, stopping only to pound the wall and cry out her name. He was certain that his vibrant and beautiful Lauren was dead, but he was wrong. That morning, she had lingered, saying goodbye to the 10-month-old son, Tyler, and as a result, arrived at the World Trade Center a few minutes later than usual. She had just entered the lobby of Tower One when a fireball descending through an elevator shaft propelled her back onto the street, totally engulfed in flames. A bond salesman who witnessed this raced over, put out the fire that was consuming her, remained at her side until an ambulance arrived. At the hospital, her face swollen beyond recognition, she told Greg the pain was so excruciating she had been praying to die. But then, out of love for him and Tyler, made the decision to fight for her life. Within a few minutes, she slipped into a, dr a drug-induced coma that would last for many weeks. Her parents came immediately from their home in Georgia to alternate bedside and babysitting duties with Greg. During his hospital shifts, Greg ignored Lauren's unconscious state, reading poetry to her and playing her favorite music, all the while reassuring her that she was loved, that he would take care of her, that everything would be okay. During his home shifts, he took Tyler to birthday parties and playdates, read and sang to him, and documented his development on videotape for Lauren's future viewing. Remarkably, he also found time every day to send email updates on her condition to friends and family. Saving Lauren meant replacing more than 80% of her skin, often multiple times. Some of the grafts used synthetic or donor skin and from the outset were considered temporary, whereas others that were hoped to be permanent simply did not take. To compound the horror, part of her left ear was destroyed. Several fingers of her left hand required partial amputation. Although Greg would sob in the arms of friends, he never wavered in his devotion to Lauren or his confidence that she would pull through. Exactly three months after admission to the hospital, Lauren saw her new scarred face for the first time. The predictable shock and sadness were tempered by the fact that her husband had prepared her through repeated reminders that she had always been and always would be his soulmate and in his eyes was as beautiful as ever. Six months after that terrifying morning, against the slimmest of odds, Greg Manning 
took his wife home. Those closest to the case agree that Lauren survived through a combination of grit and, and love. Now, these two abide, grit and love, but the greatest of these is love. We are learning together about character. That's what matters most for you and for me. It's what we will take into all eternity. It is out of our character, out of the moral fiber of our beings that we give whatever gift of life that we will give to the God who created us and to the people and to the world around us. And we're looking at 24 different character strengths, and each one is a matter of wonder and goodness and awe and, and uh, delight. But in the Christian understanding, um, they're not all 24 equal. In the Christian understanding, there is one at the very center, at the very heart. You may know the Greek word that's most often used in the New Testament for love, for God's kind of love, is the word agape. And that was a word that was actually around in the ancient world, but not used very much at all. It was kind of vacant and um, up for grabs. And so the early church latched onto that word, and it became a very, very important word in the New Testament to try to describe this special kind of love, this quality of love that was centered in God. Deuteronomy 6.4, the great commandment was, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Him shall you love with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and uh, all your mind. And then when Jesus came and he was asked, what's the greatest of all commandments? He took that one and then he added to it one that was like it, love your neighbor as yourself. When Paul was writing to the church at Corinth, all of a sudden in the 13th chapter, there comes out of him an expression of the beauty and wonder and goodness of love that is so powerful and profound. It is sometimes thought perhaps to have been written ahead of time as a kind of a poem. Um, in Colossians 3, we see the centrality of love in a kind of unique way. Colossians 3 is one of the great passages on spiritual formation, verses 1 through 17. In all of literature, starting in, I think, verse 12, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, you are loved, you are loved, you are loved. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, Patience, bear with each other, forgiving each other whatever grievance you may have against each other. Forgive as Christ has forgiven you. And then this. And then over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. All the character strengths are gifts. All of them are good. All of them God wants to grow. But the one that binds them all together in perfect unity, because... Uh, I could use curiosity in bad ways. I could even use patience in bad ways. I could use courage in bad ways, but not love, but not love. The, the core of love, Aquinas said, is to will the good for the other person and then to desire to be close to them, to desire union, to believe there is something about them that is worth wanting to be around. So the word for today, the word for today is give. And this is part of the teaching uh, of Jesus and of that early church that made them look for a word that they could invest with a new level of meaning that at the heart of all reality is self-giving love, this self-giving, self-sacrificing love of God. So the word for today is give. The intervention for today to grow this quality is give. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So today give. 
Give somebody encouragement. Give somebody the gift of time. Send somebody a card. Get a gift for somebody and give it to them. Do somebody a favor. Today, recognize any moment that it comes to you. God, my life is a gift. Thank you, thank you. And then give a gift. You see behind me a bookshelf. There's a reason for this. And I have a little bust of Lincoln. That was actually a gift from the family of Dallas Willard. It belonged to Dallas. And then there's a Lincoln book up there. Lincoln's God. I love books. I love books about Lincoln. One of the great sources of conflict between me and my wife is that I believe that a bookshelf is meant for books, that a bookcase should have books, should be filled with books. It's not a vase case. It's not a flower case. It's not a picture case. It is a bookcase. It is intended for books. She thinks mistakenly that that's oppressive. However, the strangest thing happens quite consistently. I mentioned quite recently that there was this new book about Lincoln's God and uh, that that would be quite interesting to me. And two days later, Nancy said, ta-da! And she gave me a gift of this book. And now she's not going to want it to come down off the shelf. Nancy loves to give. It is her Achilles heel or maybe her superpower. You know, the story of Achilles, he was this great Greek warrior. And when he was born, it was uh, foretold that he would be a great warrior. So his mom, Thea, was holding his infant body over a fire that had the power to make him invulnerable. But his dad came in, saw it, was horrified, stopped the process. So his heel is what remained vulnerable. And when he died in one of the stories, it was because a poisoned arrow struck him in the heel. Kind of interesting that way back in Genesis 3, what Christians came to understand is the first... um, Uh, prophecy of the coming Messiah was that um, the son of Eve, her seed, um, would strike against the evil one, the serpent. And, And God says, you will strike at his heel, but he will crush your head. And when Jesus came, it was God in the flesh, God who was vulnerable. Uh, His vulnerability was his Achilles heel. His incarnation was his his Achilles heel, but maybe that was his superpower, that he was vulnerable, that he would give himself to you and me. There's never been a story like him that tells us that love is at the heart of everything. So now today, remember, you are loved. The sun shines every moment in the way that it does because of love. The universe is kept in existence from one moment to the next because of the love of God. God, thank you. God, I love you. I love you. Receive love today and then give it. Every time you think of it, love God. Love the people around you. Give a gift to somebody today. Change starts today. I love you. Hey, it's Tim. I'm the producer of Become New, and I wanted to let you know you can find the survey at viacharacter.org slash survey. That's viacharacter.org slash survey. For more resources, check out becomenew.com. If you'd like to receive an alert whenever a new episode is posted, you can let us know at becomenew.com slash subscribe. Lastly, if you need prayer, we would love to pray for you. There's a team of us who meet each weekday, Monday through Friday, to pray over requests that are sent in. So text in your request at the number 855-888-0444. See you next time.